If you're a stylist who's looking for competitive pay plans, flexible schedules, ongoing education, and medical benefits, we have the perfect opportunity for you. JCPenney salons have all these benefits and more. With over 600 locations across the United States, there is no excuse for this not to be the next step in your professional career. Did we mention that they have one of the highest commission rates in the industry alongside a support system like no other? For a salon that you can call home, head to jobs.jcp.com or the link in the show notes to apply today. Some benefits applicable only for master stylists and eligible JCPenney salon associates. Hey, everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. We're back. We're back. You're back. I'm back. You were gone last episode. Yeah, most specifically, I'm back. You were back already. I was back. 2023 is here. Mm -hmm. You did a great job. Mm. I enjoyed that episode. Thank you. It's always a little easier to listen when it's not your voice, eh? Yes. Yes, that is the absolute <laughs> truth. I genuinely enjoyed listening to it because I didn't have the worry of myself mm. popping in. So there's that. I do love the sound of your voice, though. <laughs> so it's the T, the volume up is not volume up completely without the duo, but we're here. That's very kind and true. Um, <laughs> well, let's get into it. All right. There's all sorts of things happening in this brand new year. Some important updates, the first of which mm-hmm. is what, Kelly? Cosmograph North America has announced its Miami Beach edition in 2024, Mm. which, hell yeah, kudos to them, right? So we know that Informa Markets, Bologna, Fier, USA, and the Professional Beauty Association are the organizers, the new organizers behind Cosmograph North America. It's usually held in Las Vegas, but they are unveiling the dates of a Miami Beach edition, which I'm stoked about, January 23rd through the 25th. And it's a sister show, right? Mm-hmm. But for me, it's like, yes, it's time <laughs> to expand our trade shows and bridge the gap between the U.S. and Latin America beauty industries. Absolutely. It's about dying time, right? Absolutely. I mean, like, <laughs> let's get with it. It makes perfect sense that it would be Miami. Yep. Miami being the gateway to the Americas. Huge Spanish-speaking population. Obviously, it's an international hub. Like, let's make things happen. So kudos to Cosmoprof. I know. For making moves for the Latin A and USH markets. Like, let's get into it for 2024. I was so excited to see this news. Same. Kudos on evolving. Mm-hmm. We like to see it all around. We love it. On our last episode, we talked with Becca Larson. Becca was a former massage therapist and esthetician who practiced in the spa industry for eight years. Unfortunately, an injury ended her spa days and forced her into a new career path. She's currently working towards a bachelor's degree in health equity and health promotion from UW-Madison. Her goal is to take her passion of healing others and do it through counseling. She currently lives in Monona, Wisconsin with her fiance and her spoiled cat, Taffy. Um, It was a great listen and really to talk about how if there is an injury within the industry, how you can still take that passion elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So make sure you subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tees and sending questions to volume up at thetees.com. This week, we're talking with Joseph Michael. Joseph is a celebrity hairstylist based out of Los Angeles and New York. We love a bi-coastal king. After training with the top color and styling artists, he quickly established himself as a hairstylist whose passion, professionalism, and love of fashion made him highly sought after. Joseph has styled looks for fashion week shows, editorial shoots, high-profile red carpet events, advertising campaigns, international brand campaigns, music videos, TV shows, and pilots alike. We get into all of that. Working as a stylist since October of 2007, he works with a growing list of A-list clients. Joseph's specialties include color and color corrections, cut styling extensions, and keratin treatments. You're not going to want to miss this combo. You know, 
I'm excited for that interview, to be honest. And I want to talk about, you mentioned combo duos. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm just going to say that our friends over at Beauty Insider, they reported that Sephora is dropping some key brands. And there may be, as we predicted, a little bit of influencer fatigue in the beauty space. So Jeff, let's hear all about it. Yeah. I mean, it is not, I think, a shock to anyone listening to this podcast that we are ourselves mm -hmm. a little bit over the celebrity beauty brand. And it turns out retailers like Sephora are as well. Um, they refer to it as influencer fatigue. Uh, it looks like the big news um, that you're referring to is that Sephora is dropping the beauty lines of TikTok stars, Addison Ray, We Couldn't Escape Her for a Minute, and Hiram Yarbo. Uh, this is a big deal. Um, what they said is that these brands struggled to find their audience despite the figure themselves having an audience, which is the rub that we've talked about. Um, Item, which is Addison Ray's product line, um, are still available to purchase on the Beauty Giant site, but they're not going to be in store. Um, and there's going to be changes like this that we're seeing, I'm sure, all over the place as people sort of grapple with, why should we go to this brand? If not, it's association with the celebrity or influencer. Mm -hmm. uh, did, did you think that this was surprising? Um, I mean, hell to the no, I did not. No. I mean, I think that at like all things, social influencer, right? It, it ebbs and flows, right? Mm -hmm. So they said that in the last three years, there were as many as 25 celebrities and influencers that launched beauty and skincare brands. And only a few are going to rise to the top. And it's, to me, evident that, you know, you lose TikTok and Instagram, you're off platform, you're driving them somewhere else. And the allure is dropped as well. So, you know, not surprising. I mean, kudos to them for taking the opportunity to parlay that fame into something else. But, you know, with the big retailers, the proof is in the sales numbers, right? And you're going to lose your shelf spot if you're not putting up those numbers. That's exactly right. And in this piece, um, and I think that, you know, our audience is smart enough to understand this, like you as the brand have to do a certain amount of work. Right. I mean, being in XYZ retailer is not enough to move the needle um, if you're not doing any work to promote that brand that you ostensibly cared very deeply about creating in the first place. Yeah. So again, not a shocker, but big news um, with important ramifications. So, I mean, maybe this means we'll see fewer celeb beauty brands coming to market. Um, I would love that selfishly. I don't think that we need them. To me, investors are going to be a little gun shy mm -hmm. if they're in market for 12 to 18 months and then the investment goes awry. So, you know, we talk about that. And the next article I wanted to talk about was from The Cut, The Craziest TikTok Beauty Trends that came out of 2022. And some of those are related to TikTok stars, influencers, celebs, mm -hmm. creating their own quote unquote dermatologist approved products or what have you. So we know about things like the glazed donut nails. I swear if I get another clickbait with Haley Biebs, I'm going to just straight unfollow. <laughs> Between those nails and the Erwan smoothie, like yes, we've got peak Haley Bieber. Mm -hmm. We're done. We're, we're good. We got it. So there's a lot of other things out there that, you know, I haven't heard of, you know, for example, it was unbeknownst to me that there is actually a red nail theory. I don't usually do red on my nails, but they're saying that the red nail theory is a philosophy that claims women with red nails attract more men. Hmm, interesting. So that's hitting the talk for sure. You've talked about slugging, which you're not a fan of. Yeah, not a fan. Um, <laughs> don't like to see that that's still trending, truthfully. Um, but yeah, people are doing that. We've seen the cold girl makeup. Mm -hmm. I'm in a cold climate, so I can just simply walk outside to get said cold girl makeup. Mm. 
Um, any others that you were particularly interested in on these 2022 trends from TikTok? So one that I definitely knew about that I don't really understand. So foundation frothing is the trend. Um, I've seen tons and tons of videos of people doing the frothing itself to get that sort of lighter foundation. Um, the question that the the cut posits is why not just buy a good water-based foundation then Fair. because it pretty messy. I'd like to see that trend go away um, for 2023. All right. I feel like we, we can, there's solves for that one. We don't need to DIY everything. There's someone here that need to exit stage right or left. <laughs> I'm not going to explain what vabbing is, but you can Google it and realize that that is swiftly <laughs> one that could exit uh, the trend sphere. Yes. We don't need that. No, Mm-mm. we don't. We don't. No, um, no shame. No shame on this podcast, but yeah, not, not, we don't need, we don't need all of these things. They can go the way of Addison Ray's yeah. beauty brand. Bye-bye. Um, bye. <laughs> That's all we've got. <laughs> That's all we got, except that the tease has so much more. Let's talk about what's trending on our site. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, just like every week, uncovering industry news, looking into trends, diving into brands you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, something I'm very passionate about. From tiramisu to buttercream blonde, 2023's hair color trends are absolutely delicious. This story, just like chef's kiss, (laughs) pun intended. Mushroom, champagne, caramel, Nutella. To some of these people, they might just be a few popular food and drinks. But for those of us in the hair industry, they're also the names used to describe many of the recent hair colors that have trended over the years. You see, when it comes to naming the hottest hair color of the moment, many colorists on Instagram have a tendency to raid the fridge or pantry for inspiration. And can we really blame them? Head to thetees.com to see the trending hair colors to try if you want to help your clients have their yummiest hair yet. Kelly, Mm. if you were going to bite on one of these trends, which one would it be? If I could get there, it would definitely be the buttercream blonde. (laughs) I mean, Gregory Russell... I mean, on Anna Taylor Joy, come on. It's so, so good. Um, she was great at the Golden Globes as well. So that's the trend I'm going for. But for me in my dark hair, if you will notice, I'm a little brownie batter hair. Yeah, I was going to say, you're looking a little bit That's new. more brunette. That's new. Yeah, okay. So you're already dipping into that one. Mm-hmm. Yep, literally. Oh, that was good. <laughs> yep, just baking it right up. I'll stop. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, we love to see that. Go over to thetees.com. Check out those trends. Let us know if you're trying them with clients already. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, something that might be a little bit too much for people. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. The article is called, What Are Beauty Brands Doing in the Metaverse? Metaverse, or the metaverse, depending on who you ask, has been the talk of the town in 2022. From NFTs to virtual makeup, more and more brands are beginning to explore how to engage their communities in these new virtual spaces. of beauty shoppers would substitute augmented reality, AR, for an in-person shopping experience, with 42% of Gen X and 23% of boomers interested in virtual apparel, like makeup and hairstyles. Head to thetees.com to learn what the metaverse is, importantly, and how beauty brands are using it to their advantage. My question for you, Mm -hmm. there's a couple of questions that I've got. (laughs) If being in the metaverse requires those goggles, Mm. would you do it? Yes, I would do it. I would definitely do it. And that's probably pretty shocking. Wow. I'm not I'm not there at the metaverse yet. I've seen some brand activations. Mm-hmm. I actually have adjacently participated in them. Mm-hmm. You know, for example, I understand that brands need to do this from a relevancy and experimentation standpoint. 
for example, Charlotte Tilbury, I love pillow talk. It's my color, but I don't know if I need to go to the metaverse to try it on and call me a fuddy duddy because in a couple of years, it may be the trend, but I'm not there yet. A fuddy duddy. But I would wear the goggles. I I would never wear the goggles and I would never call you a fuddy-duddy. Oh, great. I feel like I just don't know. And I think the article does a great job yeah. of explaining what exactly the metaverse is, what is AR, how brands are tapping, all of that good stuff. So check that out. I don't feel like I've knowingly entered the metaverse. Oh, okay. And I don't know that I want to. Okay. Is what I'm getting at. Fair. I feel like I'm with you where it's like there's certain things where technology, a filter, this or that can yeah. help us. But I'd much rather have an IRL experience, Mm -hmm. specifically with products or like Mm -hmm. a haircut or style. Like, I'm not going to really test out, you know, anyway. I know. We digress. We're not there. We digress. We're not there yet. We're not there. We want to keep our beauty pros (laughs) employed. Heck yeah. All right. So go to the seats.com. Check that out. Last thing that we've got is important. The January tech touch-ups. This is brand new to the tees.com. Beauty pros make the world beautiful, a trim, a big transformation, root touch-ups, a new color. You do a lot for our community, and we wanted to provide a little something special back to you. Inspired by the internet world and adapted for the beauty space, check out our new monthly tech touch-ups. Designed for stylists, makeup artists, estheticians, massage therapists, nail techs, anyone in the beauty industry, we created mobile phone backgrounds to infuse a bit of fun, beauty, and new into your routine. Pick up these January designs on your phone's tech touch-up. Just go to thetees.com and you can download them easily. There are four beautiful designs that are available right now for free. Kelly, which one have you downloaded? Oh, for sure. The hair beauty culture one. I love it. It's cute. It's kitschy. It's fun. In fact, this was one of those like, catch you doing well, meaning like I was scrolling and I was like, those are so cute. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, those are from us. Those are from us. Wow. Our team is... Super smart. We love it. And we feel very blessed. Yeah. Anyway, I like the tech touch-ups. Love. Same. Um, and we <laughs> hope that you do too. So go over to the tease.com, download them, let us know what you think. Um, and we're going to be dropping more of these monthly. So stay tuned. Each month, come on back. So much going on the tease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We are proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, Jeffrey's interview with Joseph Michael, a celebrity hair specialist based out of Los Angeles and New York. Here we go. Joseph Michael is a celebrity hairstylist based out of Los Angeles and New York. After training with the top color and styling artists, he quickly established himself as a hairstylist whose passion, professionalism, and love of fashion made him highly sought after. Joseph has styled looks for fashion week shows, editorial shoots, high-profile red carpet events, advertising campaigns, international brand campaigns, to music videos, TV shows, and pilots alike. Working as a stylist since October of 2007, he has a growing list of celebrity clients, including Bella Thorne, Kiara, Daisy Fuentes, Greg Sulkin, Michelle Randolph, Casey Randolph, Logan Paul, Ashley Tisdale, Blake Lively, Robin Lively, aka Teen Witch, Heidi Klum, Diane Keaton, and Katie Seagal, to name a few. Joseph's specialties include color and color corrections, cuts, styling, extensions, and keratin treatments. His technique and versatile expertise in extensions and styling have made him a go-to stylist for beautiful, thick, voluminous, Victoria's Secret-like hairstyles with body, bounce, and movement. His beachy glam styles have led him to work with top beauty companies including T3, Orbe, Goldwell, Richie Hair, and Vegamore, among others. All right, I am joined by Joseph. Michael, Joseph, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Doing very well. Happy New Year. It sounds terrible. I'm saying this is going to air 
mid month. I, I feel like it's fine. Um, anyway, happy 2023. It's the first time that I've been back. Um, and we are so excited to be talking to you. So for people that are living under a rock and they don't know you, tell us a little bit about yourself if you could. Um, so I am a hairstylist out here in LA. I work, um, in LA and New York. Um, so by coastal, I've been doing it for about 10 years now, 12, 10, 12 years. And yeah, I ended up uh, getting lucky and working with like a lot of uh, influencers and celebrities for a while. So I don't know if it's luck as much as making it happen, but we'll get into that. Um, in terms of your origin story, how did you come to the beauty industry? So when I first started out, I actually used to do marketing and accounting. And during that time of my life, I really wanted to transition into something a little differently. So I ended up uh, doing makeup for a while, actually, okay. for about two or three years. From there, I started working on sets, started working with Jamie Foxx for a while, um, started working with another hairstylist that started bringing me on to like more production sets and meeting a few actresses and stuff like that. And from there, I just kind of had more of a passion for hair, I've noticed. So I decided to go to school and like check that out. And then from there, kind of just blew up. And that was like about 14 years ago now. So it's time flew. <laughs> wow. So you didn't envision beauty to start, but it turned into both a passion and then a profession. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When I first started out, I mean, it was something that was always in the back of my head throughout like high school and everything. And But I was like, you know what? No, it's like, I don't know if I'm really going to be able to do that. And you know, the pressure of everything was just a lot. But one day I was just like, you know what? I just want to go for it and just see what it's like. And if I fail, I fail. If I don't, I don't. So thank God I did. <laughs> I'd say. Um, all right. So then what has that process been like? I mean, you talked a little bit about sort of your starting working with a few and then with others. Um, you've amassed quite a clientele of celebs and influencers. How did that happen? Um, to be honest, it was really word of mouth, you know, having like a really good personality and mm -hmm. just like having good energy around people is what I've noticed has been like the kind of saving grace in my career. Um, I get along with people. I'm very intuitive. So just reading people's energies was really nice. So, you know, from there, I think celebrities, actresses, actors, you know, influencers, they really just want real people around them. They don't want anybody really like, you know, just liking them for who they are in a sense. Um, so for me, it was really easy just to kind of be around it. I grew up in LA. I grew up in the Valley. So growing up there, it was like, you know, I went to school with like, you know, actors and actresses and, you know, mm -hmm. that age. So it was, for me, it was like kind of normal to see everybody around, but you know, one friend led to another friend, led to another friend, and then just became word of mouth. And it just kind of started blowing up. And then I also started during like the age of like Instagram starting out, which helped drastically. Mm -hmm. well, that helped quite a bit too. Amazing. Well, talk to us about your beauty school uh, experience. What was that like for you? So again, you had a career, you went to beauty school to formalize things, um, you know, the things that you liked, things you maybe didn't like, we'd love to hear about it. So when I first started out, like I said, I was doing makeup. So for me, it was a really big deal to kind of switch in and be like, all right, I'm going to focus, go to school full-time for hair. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that. And from there, I just, honestly, I went to the most like smallest school deep in the Valley. It was not the best, um, <laughs> but it was, uh, it got me my license and that's yep. all I needed to do was Truly. get my license. And um, from there, I just like, I networked myself. I worked mm. very long hours. Um, like I said, throughout school, I was lucky enough to know a few people that were already in the industry. So I was working on, um, you know, America's Next Top Model for a while. I was doing um, makeup with a few of their episodes. I did, um, 
a lot of runway shows and then um, pilots. Mm. So during the time that I was in school, I was actually doing makeup and, you know, dabbling in hair on sets. So I was kind of doing both at the same time and just kind of honestly pushing myself to like be the best I could be during that time and just like kind of get out of school and kind of know what I needed to do and what I wanted to <laughs> handle. Oh, well, pushing yourself seems to have paid off. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's some advice for people. Um, maybe push a little bit outside of their comfort zone. Oh, yeah. um, for for listeners that don't have familiarity with LA and entertainment culture, um, what is a pilot, pilot season? Um, so pilots are like when people are shooting TV shows that haven't came out yet. Um, so essentially what a, sh- a show will have to do is shoot like the first three episodes first to see if the network likes it. And if they like it, then they'll pick it up and they'll start shooting a lot more. So pilots are, you know, the actors all coming together. We're creating a TV show that has not been done yet and trying to get it off the ground, essentially. Very, very cool. Um, And especially in terms of hair design and all of that. So great to have that experience. Talk to us about the pivot. So, I mean, again, doing production aside, then you're working with celebs, um, whether for their events, for photo shoots, for video products. I mean, we talked about music videos eventually. Mm-hmm. How did that come to be? So you mentioned word of mouth. Um, what was like the first client that you were repeat working with um, in terms of celebs? So when I first, first started out, man, so I'm back. Uh, I, I mean, the first few clients that I worked with were like uh, Bella Thorne was one of my first clients that I started working with. Uh, Pia Mia was also another one. Um, and then I started working with Kiara, who was another singer. Mm-hmm. And from there, just like friend groups, you know, it, it's a very tight knit group in LA. So when one friend's like, oh, I really like your hair, who did it? And they're like, go to this guy, he's going to hook you up. And then, you know, Instagram is like, I love what you did. Let me tag you. And then it just kind of became a thing of like, everyone's friends started coming to me. And then it became like all friend groups would just happen to be the actors and actresses that were like in shows at that moment as well. So of your celeb clientele, who is the most willing to change it up? Um, because there is, you know, a tendency with certain people, they've got a look that's established. Mm-hmm. They don't want to stray too far from that. Uh, so of the clientele that you work with, who's willing to like change it up, go big, go bold most often? Um, I would have to say one of my best friends, Kiara. She's, you know, the singer Kiara. She's single. Yep. She's had a lot of big hits. Um if you've noticed in all of her music videos, she's had a different hair color. Uh-huh. I've pretty much done almost all of them with her, unless I was out of town for some reason. <laughs> but yeah, no, we did different colors. She's been every color of the rainbow, short, long, thick, you know, thinner. You know, she's gone for every kind of look. And I think just working with those kind of people in the industry has been really like uh, reinvigorating at that time. Mm-hmm. You get so bored after a while doing the same colors and stuff. So just having people come in and like push the limits and someone else being like, whoa, I love that. Like, let's do that with me too. And I just love that energy. It's been great. Amazing. So with Kiara in particular, when you're talking about changing it up, obviously tons of different hair colors. We'll link out to some videos that you've worked on um, in the show notes. But how does that happen? Um, How much of it is like her coming to you with an idea? How much of it is you coming to her? Like talk to us about that process because I find that that's going to be fascinating. Um, So usually whenever I do a client consultation, I'll always have them bring me photos of what they would want Mm -hmm. their hair to look like. Everyone sees color differently. So it's always easier for me to be like, bring me a picture. And then I ask them, what do you like about this picture? And what do you hate about this picture? Because we all see tones differently. So if I can match what they're seeing in that photo and put it in their hair... 
with saving the integrity of their hair at the same time, then I'll, I'm definitely going for that, you know? So with Kiara, it's uh, it, a lot of it was her own hair and we did extension work a lot. So mm-hmm. it's always about compromising, be like, okay, this is what your hair can handle and this is what your hair can't, but we can create the solution by doing this. So mm-hmm. that's kind of been like a, my go-to with certain colors and styles for sure. Are you into any particular color brands? Talk to us a little bit about that. How do you go about picking the right product for, for clients? So I have started off with uh, Madriel, Davinus, Wella, Schwarzkopf. I've tried mm-hmm. uh, so many lines. Um, and for like, I would say the last eight years, I really stuck religiously to Goldwell. Mm-hmm. It's just been like the best color line for me. Um, it has multiple range of tones from like the brunettes to reds to coppers to blondes. And it just has always been like a color that I've been able to work with that I would know whatever I use. I get the precise tone that I want. So just making sure that I have a really good high-end color line that's going to condition the hair without drying it out mm. is always been a very big priority to me. Um, I know Goldwell is one of the most expensive color lines out there, but it is worth it. And, you know, the clients will come to you if, you you know, it's the product that you're using. They don't want mm-hmm. to be like, oh, I want it to be a blonde and then walk out and be completely broken off. They're going to want, you know, everything to be good, healthy and be back. You know, you don't want to lose a client, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So talk to us a little bit about that onset styling. Um, so you've colored probably beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you guys like that, that it's, you know, camera ready and everything. Yeah. You arrive on set. Like what is in your kits, both in terms of hot tools, brushes? Talk to us about that. So my go-to tools have been T3 for sure. <laughs> um, I've always loved their interchangeable uh, curling irons. Um, it's always came on, like come in handy on set just because I have every single barrel rod. So you just never know what the energy is of an artist that day. Mm-hmm. So you get to set and you may think the night before when you're talking, she wanted to straight seek hair and then she's Googling and Pinteresting all night. And then she's like, nope, <laughs> screw that. I want it up curls, you know, tight curls here, looser here. So it's always been like one of my go-to tools just to know that like, no matter what style I need to come into, they have everything there. Um, mm-hmm. As far as round brushes, I'm obsessed with YS Park. They have been like the greatest, smoothest brush for me and finishing styles. Spornet also has really good ionic brushes at um, concave, which help leave a little bit of a softer curl and wave on the hair, which I've been mm. obsessed with. Uh, as far as styling products, for sure, um, Orbe has been my top. Um, Together Beauty classic is another one. And uh, definitely uh, their sprays, hairsprays for the Orbe has been like, I'm obsessed with their lacquer sprays. I, I definitely need to have on set always. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. So when you're on set, um, you talked a little bit about this, like the artist might change their mind about something. They've been thinking about something overnight, the directors, you know, other creatives that are jumping in, talking to you about, oh, let's try this, that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you keep your cool um, when there's like a pivot that's required? Um, okay. So I don't know if it's a cocky way of entering sets in, but I definitely walk in with the energy of just knowing it's just me and the artist that day. Mm. Because I've been on many sets where we're doing something the artist doesn't want and it messes up the entire day and it can screw up everything. Mm. So my goal is to make the artist happy. Mm. So when I get there, I'm like, I don't care what you're saying. I'm asking her if she wants this, I'm doing this because essentially she's got to feel good. She's got to be good. Um, And so I will not deviate from what her and I talk about usually or he he and I talk about Mm. essentially um, for their styles. 
um, anyone else coming in, I just, it's one, one ear out the other kind of <laughs> until I know that, you know, all right, this is what she wants, you know, cause it's just, I feel like sometimes it's a uh, too many chefs in the kitchen type of thing. Uh, for sure. Um, and interesting to hear that from the actual artists that are working with the, the on-screen talent, because, you know, it's not always clear how these decisions are ultimately made, um, but that makes total sense. Um, what's it like being on set for some of these things? So for our listeners that are like not in the entertainment world, not working on music videos or TV, et cetera, um, you know, you got your kit, you're backstage, you're working with the, the talent, but like, what, what are the, the things that happen, um, that maybe you wouldn't know about if you weren't working sets? A lot of downtime. <laughs> you're sitting down a lot. Um, you're shooting, you're getting someone ready for three, three and a half hours, and then you're shooting something for 45 minutes, 30 minutes, and then you're changing their look for another two, two and a half hours, and you're waiting for the next scene. You know, I mean, it's a lot of waiting. It's a lot of uh, uh, really staring at hair in case they need to retake a scene because in the middle of a scene, they might be like, okay, wait, we're going to reset from the middle of that. And you have to make sure their hair is parted perfectly. I don't know if you notice sometimes in TV when you're watching a show where they'll be like acting and they cut the scene, but their hair is completely parted a different way. They're like that continuity kills me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So what is it in terms of favorites, like big moments? Um, I mean, you mentioned, you know, obviously production. We talked a lot about this in terms of TV music videos, but you also talked about New York Fashion Weeks, photo shoots. Like what is it that really like gets your creative juices flowing? What are you most excited about when you like look at your calendar? You're like, oh, I've got this. What is that that gets you excited? Um, honestly, changes, mm. big color changes, people, you know, wanting to go in for something like completely different than what they normally would have um when i have some people that i'm like looking at my schedule i'm like oh today's gonna be a good day someone's going from like short hair to like a good 18 20 inches and like brunette to blonde and just changing up their entire look I'm, i love giving people like a, an entire uh i guess what you would say makeover mm. in a sense of uh just giving them that confidence again i think i've noticed a lot of that especially through the pandemic um people going through and you know how much getting their hair done meant truly to them just to feel good about themselves was amazing so just to have those kind of jobs or you know uh projects daily has always been like really reinvigorating for what i'm doing mm. well talk to us a little bit about that too um so in terms of the people that are not celebs that you're working with um you know what are trends that you're seeing um things that have blown up that that you're excited about beyond like the Sort of dramatic transformations um like when you're looking ahead at 2023 what are you seeing a lot of your books filling up with um talk to us a little bit about that i'm seeing a lot more shorter haircuts mm. i feel like short hair is in um i feel like more of the coppery kind of brownish tones are in more grown out hair looks not so much freshly touched up color um that workable kind of hair but still not uh frizzy in any way you know kind of more voluminous mm. I've noticed that that's been kind of like the whole vibe, you know, more volume, shorter, edgier looks, but grown out. Mm. Well, we're all about volume here on the Volume Up podcast. <laughs> so music to our ears. Um, all right. Let's, before we get into our quick takes, talk a little bit about what is like the favorite look that you've created over your career. Um, I'd love to, I mean, again, you've worked with a bunch, you've done a lot of different projects, but like looking back what are like the top three things that you've done where you're like damn like that was great i'm excited about that you know i could die now and be cool with this 
Um, I would have to say definitely Kiara's color from Whippin. Um, her music video Whippin was one of my favorite colors. It was like a pastel pink with like yellows, oranges in it. Um, it was just after that, everyone thought it was a wig. And I was like, no, no, no. I took time to color that hair. Like that's her hair with like extensions. And I think that that was really cool. Um, one of my other ones is uh, Michelle Randolph. She's um, her. She's one of my like iconic blondes, her and her sister, Cassie, both of them. They like are amazing. Most kind hearted souls in the entire world and came out with the most beautiful. Like I met them, um, turned them into like these really beautiful kind of beachy blondes and mm-hmm. Every since then, it's like been like the color that everyone's striving to have <laughs> is that kind of beachy Nordic blonde kind of tone. Um, if I had to say another one, I would say, you know, uh, collab with uh, Bella Thorne when we did like some kind of a deep red with like pink highlights uh, mm. type of a thing through her hair with different pastel tones. That was also another one of my like iconic ones that I really loved. All right, let's talk a little bit about Cassie and Michelle then. The colors that you're talking about, um, this is incredible. We're looking at an Instagram pic. We'll link it in the show notes. Talk to us about like this. What goes into it? How much highlighting? How much low lighting? Like what color? Do, do we use Goldwell again? Like tell me everything. Okay, so with these looks, um, I used Goldwell for sure. Um, I have Cassie and Michelle on a regimen where I only highlight their hair probably once every four months. Mm. Uh, what I do is kind of like a base softening on them. I use a two-part formula, hairline and root, that would soften their hairlines out to look like more of a natural kind of lifted blonde. And then I a little base bump just kind of blend out their tone. Um, with uh, Michelle in this photo, she doesn't have them anymore, but we had extensions in her hair. Um, this was through Richie hair. I'm obsessed with their hairline because it's more of a Nordic-y kind of a, um, Russian hair texture mm-hmm. so it just blends really nicely with blondes and fine textured hair um and then for cassie here i believe we just have like a few clip-ins on her as well and then uh her signature wispy bang look that we created for her that she is like definitely taken to another level everyone's wanting that look now <laughs> but yeah that was a my process and then like a really nice like 10v violet toner over their hair that just kind of overlays and gives it that like nighty like nordic kind of shine to it i was just gonna say i mean the thing that's so cool about this and i'm sure you hear all the time is like it strikes the balance of being warm and cool at exactly the right time like it's not really one or the other in the best sense because we've seen a lot of like the super icy, almost like metallic purple blonde yeah. trending for a long time. And we've seen like the honey. This is like the perfect marriage. Um, so <laughs> I'm curious, like, how does how does one keep this up? I mean, you just talked about that you're having these clients come in every couple of four months or so. Um, what are your you know pro tips to to other stylists that are thinking of trying to accomplish this look for for their clients? Um, so what I tell people are blondes are high maintenance, you know, people that are not natural blondes, you're in the salon every four to six weeks minimum. Um, I always have them coming in at least to do a base bump because when I lift their hair, I'm not lifting it from such a dark tone where the melanin is actually sitting in the hair and just harder to lift out. So it kind of gives me like a little bit of softening to it when they do come back in to lift it up a little bit higher without over-processing. That's been my biggest thing with all my blondes is turning their hair from something that was very damaged to very thick and youthful um, without having to, you know, overlap so much, you know, cr- kind of creating that tone and just keeping that tone from that point. So 
Base softenings are always important. Um, so I definitely tell my blondes, if I'm starting this process with you, it is your job to be here every four weeks because I got to kind of balance this out for you. <laughs> and it's your name on the line. I mean, like if they're tagging you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you want that color to be right. Um, and in this case, it is very much right. Um, <laughs> so talk to us a little bit about like dream clients next. Like what is, I mean, again, your clientele, you've got a deep bench beautiful ladies that you've worked with and, and guys as well. Um, what is on the horizon? Like, what are you hoping to do? Who do you want to work with? We'd love to hear it. Um, honestly, I've, I've always been really open to working with everybody. Mm -hmm. I've not had like, a specific person that I've been like really dying to, uh, work with. I know that, um, in my personal experiences that uh, working with like, a kind of like the old time actresses were really, uh, kind of mm -hmm. meaningful to me because I was like, well, I grew up watching you in all these movies and shows. So like anytime I meet an actress that was like in films from like the eighties or nineties, I'm like going crazy for it. Cause I'm just like, it's iconic to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Katie Seagal, uh, Diane Keaton. Um, I worked with uh, Julianne Phillips. I worked with, you know, there's been so many different actresses. You know, one of my clients now is a Daisy Fuentes, she's been pretty iconic too in her way. So I'm like, I've, I've been really lucky to work with like a wide range of like every uh, every kind of genre, I would just say of like actors, actresses and influencers, hosts. So I, I, mm. I kind of just loved having the, that, the difference of housewives and people that work day to day and every, you know, everybody. I just feel like just having a good energy. Whoever's going to have a good energy this year for me, I'm ready to meet you. <laughs> I feel like that's what we all need to be going into 2023 with, like that kind of mindset. Um, we're all about that for you, for us, for for everybody listening. Like, let's bring the energy up. Um, <laughs> all right. Last thing before we get into our quick takes, what is next for you? Again, we've talked about, you know, maybe expanding the bench, working with some new clientele, um, but like projects on the horizon that you're excited about, things that you're working on for 2023 that you want to share. So I am uh, in talks of opening up my own place. Finally, I've been working and renting out a space in a salon for a while. I think it's finally time I just kind of create a name for myself and have a location. Congrats. I'm um, just really having a certain image and a vibe that I kind of want to have uh, for the salon. I want it to be very different, very unique, very chill, you know, vibe. I want people to feel like they're going to a lounge in a sense and getting their hair done. So Hopefully, uh, 2023, we'll be able to see a grand opening. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'd love to see it. Um, whereabouts in LA? What side? I'm thinking, you know, right now, it's it's a little over place. I'm looking between uh, Brentwood, Santa Monica to Sherman Oaks Studio City. So it's, it's within a... Within a good vicinity, right, right in there. We love that. Amazing. All right. Well, we will be the first to let everybody know when that opens up. Um, amazing. So let's get into our quick takes before we wrap. Um, and we don't want to take up too much of your time. So let's do this. Um, these are, of course, the questions we ask of all of our podcast guests. So the first question that we've got: Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? Um, hmm, super. Yes, I am actually. Okay. Yeah. Um. I would say definitely karma. Hmm. I'm very superstitious of karma. Like I'm, I feel like putting out bad energy to people or treating somebody a certain way, you're going to have that come back at you in another sense. Anytime I felt like I was like, oh, maybe I was a little rude in that sense or did something a little that I shouldn't have. I'm like, it comes back to me and I'm like, hmm. that is exactly what I get for doing that in the first place. So I'm very superstitious in the sense of uh, how I treat people and the, the energy that I treat people. And on top of that, I just never know if that person's going to be a client tomorrow walking in. So I'm just like, I always had to play like, you know, 
be on my best behavior. <laughs> That's the reality. Um, but also like a good life lesson. Like we should all be on our best behavior. Um, think about karma anyway. Um, all right, cool. We'll take that. Um, talking a lot about the entertainment industry, you're based in LA, you've worked with a bunch of celebs. Um, if there were a biopic about you, who would play you? Ooh, that's a, that's a hard one. I, I would have to say, honestly, I, I could see him getting it right. Cause he's, he is a really good actor and I've just seen some of his work. Garrett Clayton. He's one of my friends. I, I feel like he would be a, I'm like, I could see that. I could see him being like a, a hairstylist playing me and doing it. Right. Okay. We'll take it. Um, again, if you're giving the the rights away to your life, like, sure, let's make it happen. <laughs> um, all right. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Like, what is that thing where you're like, oh, my God, I had a really, really, really rough day. What's that thing? It's 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 chocolate chip cookies. It, that's my weakness. I feel you. Yeah, like anything, a hot good chocolate chip cookie, like fresh. I'm I'm it's I'm sold. That's excellent. Excellent choice. Um, I feel you deeply on that one. <laughs> um, what was your first ever product for beauty or hair that you owned that you remember that was like yours? Um, it's really embarrassing because I nothing's embarrassing. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the got to be glue. Okay. It was back in like the nineties. Mm -hmm. It was this yellow container and it was the most, it felt like a, very hardened and soft uh, Elmer's glue that you would just put in your hair. And it was the worst thing I probably could put in my hair because I looked crazy. I looked like a little something about Mary kind of moment everywhere I was walking around. So that was not for me. But yeah, that was, uh, I would have to say that's the product. <laughs> okay. Iconic. Um, and Gotta Be is having a comeback. So we love to see it. Everything that's old is new again. Um, all right. Last question. Say that you're on a deserted island and you can only bring three products with you. Tools liquid cut whatever the heck it is what are those things okay um i would say <clears throat> ooh, a facial cleanser okay i mean i can mix it with some sand i guess if there's something around i need i need a fair fair some good exfoliating uh spf for sure and i would say a leave-in detangler hmm. i don't know i just have a thing about like conditioned hair i just have to have it <laughs> I think that's perfect. That's exactly what we want to hear. Um, all right, Joseph, thank you so much for your time. This was great. We got to learn a lot about you, a lot about the process. Um, we wish you tons of success in 2023. And as we said, if you're going to open up a space, we're going to be the, the first ones to cover that. So oh. come back on the podcast anytime. Thanks for, for coming this first time. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much. I love that interview. Love the energy. Love the vibe. We're kicking off 23 strong. <laughs> Absolutely. I like couldn't have said it better. I feel like such in a good headspace after that one. Um, and I kind of want to go and get my hair colored by him. Please do. I'm just putting it out there. I'm just maybe I want some buttercream blonde. Honestly, I don't I, No, that would look really good. Buttercream. It would not look it would not work. I got to Okay. I can't have any warm. Right. There can be no warm. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> Be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and sending questions to volume up at thetease.com. Volume Up is a Tease Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Volks for the custom Volume Up theme song, and thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.